Tim's kinda dumb, let's help him get smart, it's time to teach Tim stuff. Hey, welcome back to Time to Teach Tim. We got Steve in the house. What are you going to be teaching us today? Today you're going to learn about drag racing, Tim. Nice, nice. Now you yourself are a drag racer. Uh, yes, in some capacity. That is, <laughs> that is my other hobby. <laughs> yeah. So you told me something like super interesting to start out, that you drag race a specific category. Yeah, so I grew up drag racing Volkswagens with my family. Old Volkswagen bugs. Oh, like... Yeah. So do you do just bugs specifically? Uh, personally, yeah. That's what I do. Uh, but we race against other cars, uh, like Hondas, import stuff, Mazdas. Uh, and then we race nostalgia events where there are you know, American muscle cars, and we're the only four-cylinder import car there. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that's, that's so cool to me that there's like the subcategories that they get into. Like uh, one of the subcategories you were showing me... Uh, was so like specifically only bugs yes yeah now like is there like does like a culture develop like around that like do you know all the other bug racers around yeah i know i know pretty much everybody on the east coast oh really uh, yeah uh most people know who i am like just casually or i know them like just through social media yeah and through yeah. life um yeah. so now, where, where around here can you even race? So there were, up until a couple years ago, three tracks in New Jersey. Uh, there's a Island Dragway up in Hackettstown. Right. Uh, there's Atco Dragway down in Atco, which is down in South Jersey by Cherry Hill. Uh, and Raceway Park was in English Town. But that is now a junkyard. Really? Yeah. That place is huge, too. Yeah. Uh, so the track itself still exists. It's there. But they got an offer to park junk cars there uh, <laughs> that just made them more money and gave them no headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I can remember. So a friend of mine, Eric Vecchione, shout out Eric Vecchione. I grew up with him, super into cars. He had uh, a Honda Civic SI. Like it was the first one with the shifter like off the dash. Oh, that the, I the ever up saw. high shifter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can remember we took his... Well, actually, I don't remember it. Uh, substances may have been involved. <laughs> but I remember going there. I don't remember in the race. I don't remember anything else. But, like, I just remember traffic on the way in. And I, like, didn't even know that it was this big of a sport. That I mean, tons of nice cars. But also, like, cars that look like beaters. Yeah. And, like, everybody knew each other, and, like, I just remember kind of, like, I know nothing about this. Yeah. That's the cool thing about it is, like, you can take whatever you drive and drive through the gate on a Wednesday night or, or a Friday night and sign up and race your car. <laughs> like, whatever it is that you drive, you can take down the track. Yeah, like, so, like, whenever. stock Civic. Yeah. You could just go. Just go. <laughs> See what it does Just in go a make a run. <laughs> just have a good time. That's so cool. And, like, it, again, it seemed like that was, like, their, like, you know, like, hell yeah, comedy night. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it was it's like, like open mic night. Yeah, yeah. More or less. Any type of test and tune, you know, you go up to Island on a Sunday, and you can make eight or ten runs in an afternoon in whatever you show up with. That's so cool. Now, like, so how far into, like, uh, enhancements of a car? I don't even know what to call uh, modifications. Modification. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like the stuff, the, the car that I drive for my father from time to time is, it's an all out race car. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the front and rear suspensions have been cut off and relocated. Uh, there are no factory parts left in the engine. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so it's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, how did you get into drag racing? Like, what's the that, origin? That is my father's fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, all the good and bad things in life, it comes from, from my parents. <laughs> uh, so he was really into it? Yeah, my father's been racing since the 70s. Really? Yeah, yeah. What was so? What was the first car that you took down a quarter mile? Uh, the first car I ever raced was uh, I had a '74 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. I've never even heard of that. Before. Uh, yeah, so it's basically a, a bug chassis with like a much nicer body on it. All right. Uh, and it was dirt slow. <laughs> it, I it went like. 1750s at 68 miles an hour or something like it was so slow but it was fun and now as soon as you do it you're hooked yeah like i don't know every member of my family has made a pass down the drag strip really uh my mother has made runs my sisters made runs uh my father and my brother both have cars that's, so that's fucking awesome I, I've never, I've never raced a car ever. Most like, people even, haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even like you know, like I honestly, like I get scared going fast. Like I, I don't know if that's just like because I'm not really a great driver, or because like I have a respect of the road, <laughs> quote unquote. But I, like, so like the faster I go, it's weird to say the faster I go, things slow down around me. Well, it's like. The world finally caught up to my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like my wife hates to drive with me because when I drive slow, I'm not, I don't pay attention. There's just not <laughs> enough happening. I'm looking over there. I'm looking down the road. As soon as we start to pick up speed, that's when I pay attention. Yeah, when you're like plotting your, oh, I got to go around this guy. And oh yeah, and then cut. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was bad when I rode motorcycles. Oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine. That was problematic. But that actually seems like fun, but again, that's something where I'd be like doing like forty five on a highway, like dude, dude this is so nice. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've I've actually been down the track on a bike as well. Ooh, that's gotta yeah. be that's gotta be even like ten times scarier. Yeah, I I don't even like for some reason it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's wild. I'm more worried about when you pull up. I'm worried about executing. I have a job to do more or less. And if it's not perfect, then it doesn't go properly. Yeah. So I don't have really time. You know, you get nervous. But as soon as I start the car and close the door, that's everything shuts off. Yeah. It's over. It's like when you go on stage and you, you go up and you have a good set, but you like black out and you don't remember <laughs> how it happened. Yeah. That's what it's like. So it's like the performance, the flow. Like I have the same thing with hockey occasionally i'll get it with stand-up but where like the second my skate hits the ice like i'm in a zone and on a good day yeah bad days i'm like thinking about like ah oh, what am i gonna eat after this <laughs> 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 oh yeah so where where did you like find the passion for it was it something that your dad like passed down to you yeah I i've been going to the track since I would. I have pictures of me at the track when I was a kid, like a little kid. Yeah, very small. Um, With the the big ear thing yep, covering. Yeah, the all that. <laughs> and now my hearing is so damaged from it that I don't wear anything at any point in time when I'm at the track. You know. Yeah, I have the same thing because like 
uh, punk rock shows. Like people talk to me like at the bar, and like the music's going on, and I'm trying to like read their lips because I have no oh, yeah. clue. What as soon as there's background noise, I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing. Um, you know, but it's cool. Like I know people that have watched me and my brother grow up from the time that we were small children that like we race against now. Oh, wow. so it's like a, a giant race family. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause like my, so my dad and my sister are real big NASCAR fans. So every once in a while they'll, or every once in a while, every year when uh, the Dover yep. 500 comes around, they'll go down with the camper with my uncle and his kid. And, and they, I just never got into it. Yeah. I, like it was honestly like too slow pace for me. But the thing they've told me is, you think it's slow on TV? Go to the racetrack. Yes, because those cars are doing two hundred miles. Yeah, just repeatedly, just past you, past you. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things—a video I didn't get a chance to send you—is watching people's reactions the first time they see like a top fuel dragster, because it's not just the speed; it's the sound and the concussion from it. Yeah. Because they make ten thousand horsepower. Jesus. So they go when they go from idling at the starting line when they when they hit the the throttle to leave the starting line there's an actual concussion that goes through the whole crate it's in your chest. Really? Yeah, it's wild. So it's almost like uh you know like a, a strong bass kick drum like you It's boom. like being in the bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's I I I would like to experience that because I, I did watch a couple of the reaction videos and there was literally this one girl she's like standing near the car kind of and it takes off and it sounds like like a thousand lions like yeah. roaring at the same time and literally she jumped out of her shoes like you yeah. see like her shoe <laughs> flying in the video yeah there's no real audio that can do it any sort of justice yeah you know it's wild yeah so like take me through what you're in you're in line waiting uh, so our cars don't have any sort of cooling system on them. Uh, so we actually, we tow them up to the starting line with a golf cart. Uh, so when it's our turn, um, they'll tell you to load up, which means you got to put your helmet on, put your fire suit on, get strapped in, uh, strap in, get pulled around the corner, uh, into the burnout box, which is like where you do your burnout. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why exactly do like every racer does the burnout before? Yes, is that just to warm the tires? Yeah. Like... So the the tire compound, as you heat it, it gets stickier. All right. Yeah. So you want... right. that makes sense. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a game of grip. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, you're working on friction at that point. So uh, they'll disconnect me, uh, probably fifty feet away. You know, twenty feet away from the burnout box. Uh, door closes. There's an external power switch. Uh, turn the power on outside the car. Go to the dashboard. Power. Fuel pump. Check the gauges. Hit the starter button. Roll up. Uh, put the car in second gear. Do the burnout. Um, make sure the guy next to you is good. Then uh, then it's time. Then yeah. you, you know, put the car back in first gear. Uh, pull up. There's two lights there's beams that go across the track which is how they record where you are and your time uh, uh they're, so, they're photo cells all right so like um kind of like 
like a laser tripwire for yes. like a garage. So it's sensing whether you're there or not. Yeah. So then on the, it's called the Christmas tree, the lights yeah. that you leave off of. Uh, you pull in and the top two yellow bulbs light, that's pre-staged. Uh, courtesy is you wait for the person next to you to pre-stage as well before you go in. So then you roll forward another six inches. Uh, that lights the bottom bulb. Once their bottom bulb is on, I will have my thumb on the button on the steering wheel, uh, which controls the RPMs that the, the car leaves at. All right. So like the, say the car wants, I want it to leave at 7,000 RPM, but the car revs to 8,000. Oh, so it's like a limiter. Yeah. So hope finger on the button on the limiter, foot on the floor, clutch on the floor, uh, depending on what type of bracing we're doing, the tree comes down differently. Yeah, so I, I, I read a little bit about that. Yeah. Now, so I didn't really understand it, though. So, yeah, walk so, us through. All right, so if you're going to race heads up, which is just first one of the finish line, all three yellow lights in the middle blink at once, and then the green light comes on. Uh, if you're bracket racing, which means that you're getting a staggered start based on how fast your car is, mm. they will come down uh in succession so blink 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 your goal is to leave on the third yellow if you wait for green you're late really every time it's guaranteed so is that just because of the process that it takes to yeah by the time your foot comes off the clutch by the time the car actually moves oh uh, yeah. so it that's crazy you want to start before the start yeah it's four tenths of a second on what's called a pro tree when they all blink at once it's four tenths of a second from the time that they blink to the green light. Uh, so they measure your reaction time. Triple zero is perfect. If you're under 050, you're good. Right. Anything over a 0.1, you're dead late. <laughs> so so anything... if, if it takes you a tenth of a second to react, you're late already. That's so insane. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's most sports. Like, that's like hitting the baseball, yep. stopping the puck. That's... Yeah. Reacting to the, the snap of a football. Yeah. It's you have to be ready instantly. Um so in the car that I drive, fingers on the button, foot's on the floor, both feet are on the floor. Uh as soon as I see yellow, finger comes off the button, clutch comes off the floor, and uh and you're going. Uh then I start you're looking at the tachometer for the, your shift light, because there's a light that tells you when to shift. So that you don't have to watch the needle. So you can kind of... Yeah, you can focus on driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see the light, hit the clutch, grab a gear. In uh, that car that I showed you the video of, I'm in fourth gear probably 600 feet down the track uh, really? out of 1,320 feet. Yeah. So it's in fourth gear and 600 feet, and then I'm just driving. And you're going through one, two, three, four. Yeah. So you're pretty much shift i mean that's got to be 600 feet you're how fast are you down the track uh so in the eighth mile which is 660 feet uh 6.7 seconds at like 101 wow 101 you're you're pretty much bang shifting straight through that yeah and then everything calms down after that (laughs) yeah that's crazy like 
the thing that I don't think people realize that is the physical activity that actually happens inside that most people think car, you get the gas, you go. Yeah. Like the shifting, the timing, like that's it's almost an art in itself. Oh yeah. My father is a is a, a machine. He shifts in a I, I people tell me like your father is one of the best shifters that I've and it's been that way for years. And he taught me how to drive. It's a, and he he doesn't use the shift light. He doesn't use any of the technology. <laughs> like all the technology that's in his car, we brought in in a modern era because he doesn't use any of it. He would just launch the car at whatever RPM he thought felt good, like yeah. shift it when he wants to. He still shifts it when he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he does good at that. Uh, I tried to apply more science yeah. technology to it. <laughs> that's got to be like the people always talk about the feel of the car on the road. Yeah. You know, the, especially with the types of suspensions you guys use, you're feeling like if there was a rock in the, there oh, wouldn't yeah. be, but if there was, you would feel oh, yeah. it. You feel every bump. Yeah. Um, and then you have to deal with also in that car for the first 60 feet, the front wheels aren't on the ground. So you're, you're laid back <laughs> on the wheelie bars. And a lot of times you have to grab second gear with the front wheels in the air. Really? Yeah. That's, that, I mean, that's got to be that's if such it's going a well. rush. <laughs> that, that's if it's going well. Yeah. Uh, then, like, you have to worry about, did the car spin the tires? Did it not actually have traction when you left the starting line? Uh, at, because then if you shift when the light comes on, because of the wheel speed, because they're still spinning, the engine will actually bog down because you're not going fast enough to get into the next gear. So you got to hold it and let it just bang off the rev limiter for a second to catch up to the speed before you can shift it yeah knowing how stuff. to do that's got to all just come from experience of races yeah. and races and races yeah just time yeah just time yeah that's the one thing i'm learning <laughs> about like any physical or sports or even some of the mental activities that like it's all just that that malcolm gladwell ten thousand hours it yeah just, it's just repetition yeah you know um and that's just the level that that we're at with what we do like I have friends that also race Volkswagen that have cars that make 700 horsepower more than our car. <laughs> That's the equivalent and, of a fast car. Yes. 700. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I watched the, the in-car video of him and it's just, he's got enough time in the car where he's just calm, just click, click, grabbing gears, looking around, checking, you mm -hmm. know, it's comfort. N now those shifters, those aren't typical. Like when you think of a, a shifter in a car, right? Like there, there's like a, a mechanism. So we've got we've got two different styles of shifters in the two cars in the family. Uh, my father's car is a regular H pattern shifter, like standard. Uh, one, two, three, four. You know, thirds over there, fourth is down there. Yeah. Uh, so it's harder. It's easier to mess up a shift in that car because you have to reach for third. You know, and then pull yeah. it back down. Um, the car that my brother has has a an inline shifter in it, so it's just you push it back and forth. All right, it's just straight back and forth. Similar to like a paddle idea. Yeah, yeah. it's just on a lever, yeah. uh, and that car is being set up to be shifted with no clutch now. So like you, you just launch the car and then shift when you see the light. Really? Yeah. So it's it's like a combination automatic manual. Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. I did not know that existed. Yeah, it's a it's a wild thing. And then, so there's manual transmissions like that, clutch cars, 
and then there are a lot of the the faster cars like the the drag radial cars that i sent you the videos of yeah those all have automatic transmissions in them uh meaning they have a torque converter instead of a clutch but they still have to be shifted uh most of them some of them have uh electric shifters on them they're on timers they're on solenoids and there's actually a ram that just bumps the shifter yeah. on a timer <laughs> yeah i worked on a car that was set up like that for a while now like what's the tip because like that's got to wear and tear like all this power is on metal yes it's got to where on that metal like yeah what's so the average lifetime of we're good for about a season uh which is going to be 80 to 120 runs uh before everything gets torn down and, and checked out uh i actually blew uh, the old man's car up last uh, year uh-oh. because we went way <laughs> way over on maintenance like the engine builder was with us and he was like this is this shouldn't be alive anymore. It's like, <laughs> let's just see. Let's. It should work. It might not work. And then uh, a valve, the valve springs were weak, and then valve touched the piston, and then yeah, $8,000 later, the car is still not done. Uh, yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah, that's a, that's like <clears throat> boat money. That's like... Uh, oh, yeah. About <laughs> another thousand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I mean, the thing that's that's kind of cool about like um, aftermarket stuff, though, is not only you need money, but you don't need the type of money you used to need. Like, like when NASCAR and drag racing first started, it was the bootleggers trying to get faster, but also yeah. they had the money from bootlegging yeah, to put to into the, the research cars. and development. Yeah, the the parts are better now. You just buy better stuff. Yeah, and it's not as expensive as it once was until. Because there are levels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're very small time in in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You know, we got a pickup truck, just a regular trailer, uh, and a car that you could probably duplicate for thirty five grand. Oh, like a like a civic pretty much yeah. is going for around there. Yeah. yeah. Um but then I I ran uh a Mustang with a friend of mine. I worked on it and we traveled the country and that car had to replicate it probably two to two and a quarter <laughs> to replicate it. Uh, yeah. And then you've got travel expenses because you're chasing people or you're chasing a series around. So, you know, we'd be in Illinois and then the next month we'd be in Mississippi and then we're going to Florida. So you're looking at two grand a trip plus if you break something. Yeah. You know. Jesus, and because you got to ship it to wherever you are. Yeah, no, but that's and then the time off of work because you got to drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, and not only do you have to drive, you have to drive a trailer. Yes, because you can't drive these cars. No, no. <laughs> you imagine like, oh, well, we got to go to Florida. Let's take the drag. <laughs> well, that's a wild thing that actually exists. Is there's a a thing called Drag Week, where people take race cars more or less that are as street legal as they can be. And they drive from track to track, five tracks, five days. Oh, uh, so it's like, a, a, what are those beer, when people go to bar to bar, it's like a bar Yeah, hop, like a but... poker run. Yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with drag racing, and you get three runs at each track to try and do the best that you can, and then you get back on the road, and you're basically, a lot of them are full-blown race cars. Uh, they just made the first five-second quarter-mile pass for a streetcar last year 
Uh, so a guy named Tom Bailey, it went like 590-something, probably 210 and change, give or take. Jesus. I don't remember the exact numbers. Uh, and he drove that car a thousand miles that week. <laughs> <laughs> that was during this week? Yeah, during during the event. Yeah, that's that's crazy that it can do both. It's the technology. Like, modern technology is wild. If you would have said that to me when I was a kid, I would have probably tried to check you in. <laughs> like, there, there was no way. Hmm. Yeah. You sent me a video, too. Uh, so, all right, actually, this is something I want to get into. The different classifications that are based on one wheel and then two gasoline. Yeah. Um, so a lot of they try to use a tire as a limiting factor for how fast you can go. Uh, so for a while, that idea was great. But now tire technology and track preparation technology have gotten so good that uh, on a 315 millimeter wide tire, uh, they call it a 315 Pro. Mickey Thompson makes it, which is about that wide. They are going in the eighth mile, 3.5 seconds. Uh, some people are going 210 miles an hour. Uh, no wheelie bars, 12-inch wide tire. Really? Yeah. Now, so that's, they base it only on, on back tire? Yeah. Yeah, front tires are, you can do whatever. Um, but then within those classes... The, the engine combination depends on how much you weigh. So if you've got twin turbos, the car's got to weigh 3,200 pounds. But if it's a twin turbo small block instead of a big block, uh, it's got to weigh 3,000 pounds. You get 200 pounds off. But then if you have a, a nitrous engine, you I think nitrous in that class is like 2,300 pounds they can weigh. It's uh, still like almost nothing for these cars. No. I mean, it, everything's... You know, purpose-built titanium, carbon fiber. Yeah. It's, you know, those cars to build, you could buy one for like two and a quarter built and tested. But that's not fun. No, I mean, <laughs> it is though. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like a lot, a lot of it's got to be, you know, the, the building of it. The, all right. Like, cause I, I know like even with anything I do, like when I'm like upgrading my setup, like that's that's where I'm like, ooh, I want to buy this and I want to buy that and ooh, this will work with that and like, like I can only imagine what it's like in in this scenario because there's every little thing can increase your time by like just that little bit and yeah. like everything you, matters. Yeah, you know, and like you, on on that on that beige car, the the Volkswagen, there are shims in the clutch, and if you take uh, you know, they're probably that big. They're like a small washer. If you pull a washer out, it tightens the clutch up, and if you go too far, the car's going to spin the tire. It's going to wheelie, you know. And that's just you took a, not even a sixteenth of an inch yeah. of a shim out of the clutch. That's how. Like how is that all experience? How do you know? I, we rely very heavily on uh, on the guy that does our our engine building to help us tune the car. You, all right. It's it's always ask Joe. <laughs> There's no, we, we've gone beyond a level, uh, especially for my father, where he doesn't really understand his own car anymore. Really? Yeah. He's 67. Like, it's got all types of new technology. The clutch is a, a slipper clutch. So when you let go of the clutch, it doesn't just grab. It kind of is timed with how it slides itself out. Almost like you would leave a, a traffic light in a manual car where you slip it. Yeah. Instead of just dropping the clutch. And 
that all happens automatically. That's so. That's tech. Just technology, like yeah. where, like so. There's got to be money in drag racing that if they're they're able to make all these advancements, right? Yeah, there's money in selling drag racing parts. There's very little money in drag. Ra- <laughs> well, that's actually not true anymore. Uh, for most people, there's no money in drag racing as a, a hobby. It's like basically you, you throw money at the ground. You could burn money. It would be just as efficient. Um, <laughs> but they run. Uh, there's a million dollar drag race. Uh, they do at least one a year now. Uh, big money bracket racing, which is with the head starts. Mm-hmm. Those guys run for between ten and fifty grand a weekend for the winner. See, which is pre- that, that's, that's pretty good. Bad. That's pretty, but but that's one person. Are, gets that's it. one guy gets it, and there are five hundred cars on the property trying to get that money. Jesus. Yeah, and some of those things are you know thousand two thousand dollar entry fee. Yeah, so and really? a week away from home. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. this is like pretty much just passion then. Yeah, it's because we like doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the thrill of see. Of, well, I guess seeing yellow, not even seeing green. Yeah, is got that's got to be like that moment. Working for months, pretty much, just oh, yeah. for that's got to feel so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been we've been waiting for parts for my father's car uh since March of last year. Just waiting, waiting. And then eventually we're probably five or six months out from having that car back together. But once it's back together, it's all that yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Then it's you just, know, it's just waiting just to a see. A year it. and a half of aggravation for on a on a quarter mile pass, like ten and a half seconds of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. It's ridiculous because it, the more money you spend and the better you get at it, the less time you spend doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the less fun you have. Tech, yeah, well, you yeah, have more it's fun more, probably. It, yeah, but there's so much less time. Yeah. You know, like if you start out in a in a 14-second car, like a, a street car, your average Camaro or whatever. Well, now a new Camaro will run 12s from the factory. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're quick. Um, but then you spend, you know, 10 grand on it. And now... It's a 10-second car. So you spent $10,000 to do what you love for two less seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but so like 10 grand that for to take two seconds off, that would be considered like a bargain that pretty is a, much. Yeah. The <laughs> modern performance cars are stupid yeah. with, the, with how quick they are and how quick they can be and just maintain their drivability. There are guys that drive around in 1,500 horsepower cars, just daily, just daily drive them like it's nothing. Yeah, that's... It's insane. I would be so worried, not with my driving, but with everybody else's driving. Yes. Yeah, it's like ride, riding a motorcycle. You have to worry about everyone around you. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Um, second podcast in my stomach's like... Uh, <laughs> it's probably not picking up, but whatever. Uh, so there, there's a switch. It's always been a quarter mile to me, like yes. whenever I thought about drag racing. Now there's two, like I guess, new, or has like... Eighth of a mile yeah. always been a thing. So eighth mile was a southern thing for a long time. Uh, I don't really know why, because it's not like they have less land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they always a lot of tracks in the south are built as eighth mile tracks. Um, and then there's the fuel cars now. Top Fuel and Funny Car they run a thousand foot uh, because they basically got so fast that there was not enough room to stop them. 
Really? Yeah. Uh, there was an incident at English Town uh, a while back that caused the switch where a guy had the, the throttle stick at the end of a run uh, and he hit a, a boom truck for ESPN that happened to be there uh, at the end of the track um, and he got killed. And that's when they said there's not enough room to stop the cars, more or less. Yeah. So the sanctioning body, the NHRA, said we're going to cut all fuel cars down to 1,000 foot. And that's just to give them the extra 320 feet to stop. Uh, all right. See, like, I, you know it's funny to me? I didn't even know that was longer. I thought it was shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So quarter miles, 1320. They run 1,000 foot now to get the extra uh, stopping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, that's interesting. So I saw a lot of tracks with like um, sand pits, like yes. uh, what you'd see like in like um, like the runoff roads on mountains. Yeah, that's where if you if you go if you take a trip to the beach on a day at the track, <laughs> it's you had a bad day. So that that's like worst case scenario. That's yeah. not oh, standard yeah. to like. <laughs> yeah, and I've been I've been to tracks that don't have a sand pit. Uh, we were in Holly Springs, Mississippi, with my buddy's Mustang. Um, and the end of the, it was a short shutdown, so you had to be on the parachute as soon as you crossed the finish line. And then it went uphill into a cul-de-sac, and the two cars had to cross each other and then come back down to get off the track. But if you couldn't stop, there were two telephone poles, and you had to shoot the gap between the two telephone poles <laughs> and go into a field. <laughs> Let's make this as dangerous as possible oh, yeah. <laughs> if something goes wrong. Yeah, I know a guy that went off the end of a track, little outlaw track in Manassas, Virginia, that is no longer there. It's condos now. But uh, when he went off the end of the track there, there were just there was a dirt pile and then trees. And I he's got pictures of his car, the whole front suspension just wrapped around a tree. Ooh. Yeah. And was that what, like a two hundred thousand dollar? <laughs> that that's it's a very, very nice car. It's beautifully finished. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He got it back together. Runs good now. But oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned it's an outlaw track. Yeah. Is this something that has like a big underground to it, or so is there, this more regulated? It is. It is very regulated, but there are unsanctioned tracks. There's basically two sanctioning bodies in the United States: IHRA and NHRA. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're a member track, the track has to fit certain standards. It has to be a certain width. It has to have a certain style of barrier. It has to have a certain amount of shutdown. You know, it, they have safety standards. Yeah. An outlaw track, like uh, there's a place called George Ray's Wildcat Drag Strip, and it's just this old man named George that <laughs> owns a drag strip, and it's not sanctioned by anyone, and it's narrow, and there's no guardrails. Like, it's just yeah. a free-for-all. It's just, like... I guess old school. Yes. It's the way that it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool to see. Yeah. You know? It's now, definitely fun. So something that seems like pure adrenaline testosterone to me and now has so much regulation around it because of like maybe for good reason, you know? Yeah. But like, it's just gotta be such a delicate balance. For like the NHRA or the IRHA, yeah, the IHRA, IHRA, to like, right, how can we keep people safe but also produce one the most entertaining and two the fastest? Like, is it you can go so fast that you literally just die? <laughs> like, I mean, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> but the problem is, you know, 
the impact. Yeah. <laughs> Impacts yeah. So they have there are very strict safety regulations in place for the car itself. Uh, seat belts are only good for two years. They expire. Really? Yes. Your That'd... seat belts go bad. And you sure. have to send, <laughs> yep. You have to send them out to get recertified or buy new belts every two years. Uh, helmets have to be within a certain number of years old. Uh, the faster you go, the safer, in theory, it gets. Uh, the amount of roll cage in the car increases the faster you go. Uh, and they have certifications for that, that, that everything's built by guidelines. The way that your seat is mounted is based on guidelines. Where the battery is and the way that the battery is held down is regulated. Uh, there are shields and engine diapers and all that stuff is regulated. So if you blow the motor in the car, you don't wind up with oil all over the track. Yeah, because that it, would be like it's not fun. night over, it's not maybe fun. week over. Yeah, well, so the track cleaning equipment has gotten good enough that you could just basically split a motor in half and oil a tractor. And it's going to take an hour or two to get it back together, but they can get the surface back to being totally fine. That's great. In the same get, day. I can't get oil out of T-shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's oil in this T-shirt that I'm wearing right now. And they get it off of asphalt and then reprepped and make it sticky again. Yeah. So that's... What amazes me is if there's not a whole lot of money in this, well, I guess just for the parts companies, is that these advancements over the last 10, 15 years, like in, you know, track uh, conditioning, in well, obviously the cars, but also like the safety of it, that it's all happened so fast. Because normally if there's money in something, that's when things... yeah. You know, advance, like... Yeah, it's just real people trying to be safe. And people, like, it's it's a relentless pursuit to try to go faster. Yeah. You know, a tenth of a second is gold at a certain level. Yeah. You know, like, so there's a clip. They're running in Florida uh, today, actually. Um, and a guy just broke a record, a class called Pro 275. They run a 10.5-inch wide radial tire. Uh, based, they look like stock streetcars more or less they make 3,000 horsepower <laughs> um is that like the two-door classification yeah so they're they're well they're they call anything with doors is considered a door car uh so, oh, all right uh they it's like an offshoot of street racing more or less so they look like stock appearing cars but they make 3,000 horsepower and they eighth mile uh they just reset the record Last night, 3.72 at right around 200 miles an hour. So 0 to 200 miles an hour in 3.72 seconds. Now, they said when he broke the record last night, they said he shattered the record. It was mind-blowing that he won a 72. The old record was a 74. <laughs> the, Two hundredths of a second yeah. is earth-shattering at that level. Oh, so that's not even tenths. That's hundredths. Hundredths of a second. <laughs> Well, I guess eventually you get so fast where, like, that hundredth of a second, if you were to take over distance, would oh, be, yeah. like, a crazy long distance. Uh, at that speed, two hundredths is probably ten feet. Yeah. If you got a two hundredths uh, margin of victory. Yeah. It's it, like half a fender. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a nose, if that. But if you're, like, if you're a person running, that's, like, then two body lengths running. Yeah, yeah. more or less. Yeah, I mean, I've seen races decided by un like under an inch. Yeah, and that's 
going back to that um, the laser technology. I don't know yeah. what what is that called. It's or? They're they're photo cells. So there's just a beam of light, more or less, like a laser, but not a laser, <laughs> that comes across the track. And when the car crosses through it, it records the time. Yeah. When you leave the starting line, it starts the timer, and then they record you at sixty feet, uh, three hundred and thirty feet, six hundred and sixty feet, eighth mile. Thousand foot and quarter mile. If you're running quarter mile, yeah. So you get your incremental time, so you can see where the car is consistent, where it picked up, all that stuff. Um, and then the the finish line speed is not actually the true speed. It's an average laid out. I think they're fifteen or twenty feet apart. The blocks at the end. So you go through the first one, and then you go through the second block, and that time that it takes you to travel through there calculates your speed. Oh, so when you see the speed up on on the scoreboard, yeah, the uh, that's an average. It's like a calculated because it took you this amount of time to go from A to B at the finish line. Because right. there's no radar yeah. involved in it. That's just the technology that they invented. So that 338 miles an hour that they record for a fuel car is probably over 340 Jesus. in actuality. Because you're so most cars are accelerating up until the end. Yeah. So that's got to be like a, a timing thing where you, you're also figuring out how can we get this car to like not only accelerate off the start, but like in second, third. Oh, yeah. It's got to pull. It's got to pull all the way through. Yeah. Ideally, you stop accelerating like five feet after the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> in a perfect world. Uh, and, you you know, that's all done by gear ratios and the transmission and the, the, the rear axle ratio, yeah. tire size. It all plays a part in it. Yeah. That's another thing that I think is interesting about drag racing. There's so much math and science involved in something that just seems like, go fast. (laughs) And it's all like just a lot of guys like me. Like up until recently, there weren't engineers. Like it was just guys that started doing it and figured it out. You know, now people have engineering degrees, you know, at the top level. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Now, does your passion for drag racing like transfer into Nat? Are you a NASCAR fan? I'll watch it. I like like the local circle track, the the short track stuff. Okay. Like there's a track down in Wall Township. Uh, I'll go watch that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh, dirt track in Bridgeport. Now that's all fun to watch. Because uh, like the NASCAR stuff on the big speedways, it does get boring. It goes for a long time, you know. Uh, and that's I'm. I'm a drag racer. I don't have yeah. an attention span. More just now, yeah. now, now. Yeah, but you go to like a local short track and it's 15 laps. The cars are all on top of each other. There's action constantly. It's fun to watch. Yeah. I'm yeah. into that, yeah. Uh, I am into pretty much all forms of motorsports. Yeah. More yeah. or less. But drag racing is where that's my lane. Yeah. I, I get it. Because like there's got to be nothing better than that. One, I guess, seeing the yellow, being in that car. But also, like, then you're hanging around, seeing your friend, like, best his time. Yeah. You know, seeing, like, cars that, like, people you said, you know, growing up with. Yeah. Seeing them set a, a new best for themselves. And yeah, then, like, like my dad. Most of the time, I'm not in the car. He drives it most. It's his car. He drives it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and I get to watch him do well. You know, I get to the finish line because now I have to drive down and pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, and a golf, the golf cart goes 10 miles an hour. <laughs> So after you finish a run, you sit down there for a couple minutes by yourself. And if it went well, you get down, you know, show up and people are freaking out. They're having a good time. Yeah. And when it goes poorly, that's a a long (laughs) ride to the finish line. 
Yeah. yeah. You, I, have, I, you have to send like a mediator down. You have to send the one person <laughs> that's good at dealing with the person. Like, ah, it's not good down there. You go. We're, I'm going to walk back to the trailer. You go get him. <laughs> yeah. That's it's like when after bombing and someone's like, hey, nice. And you're like, yeah, no, you. just get, <laughs> get out of here. Uh, I'm going outside. <laughs> See you guys in 10 minutes. Oh, geez. That's so cool. Like that. It's real cool that you and your dad have that together. Yeah. You know, I, I've been trying to find something that me and my dad have. Like, uh, we're going to we're going to actually build. A nice little setup down here so we can mount the mics a little better so we don't have to worry about, like, touching the table. Right. Uh, but, like, I, I'm jealous a little bit of that. That's cool that you have that. Yeah, and I, you know, there's been a part of my life where, like, that was all that there was. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk, but on Saturday, you get in the truck. Yeah. And we're going racing. <laughs> and we're going to yep. be together for that time. And then I could go, fuck, you know, just basically be a fuck-up for the rest of my life. And then... <laughs> You know, two weeks, be at the house at six, we're going out. And yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's like a home base. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, we keep everything at my brother's house now. So, like, I get to go, we'll go work on the car, but my brother's there and my nieces are there and my sister will bring her kids and my kids will be there. And her, the kids all play and we'll work on the cars and hang out. and Yeah. You know, so that's fun. Oh, that's like such a nice Norman Rockwell it <laughs> image really, it just set in my yeah, head. <laughs> yeah. Until you start the car and all the kids run away and <laughs> dogs are freaking out. <laughs> the neighbors are yelling. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, how how has Corona affected racing, really? Because uh, it seems like an isolated thing as there been... So a lot, of, a lot of stuff did get shut down. Yeah. Um, and then you go, you basically go where you can to go racing like oh we can't race in jersey because of the restrictions on outdoor what like this is not an outdoor gathering yeah i mean (laughs) it is but like we're on 60 acres there's 300 people what are you doing yeah yeah. you know like we're spread out we get together at the starting line and then we all go back to our own trucks and trailers yeah and you're not doing it like for them actually for the most part is it a daytime or a nighttime thing uh we run both yeah yeah you can run into the night is it better to run during the day because the track is hotter? No, you want to run at night uh, oh. because the air gets better at night. Oh. Yeah. So the air density plays a huge part in how the car runs. And colder air is more dense air. So when it's 100 degrees out with 90% humidity, the car runs like shit. And then the track can actually get greasy because the, ru- the, the oil starts to come out of the rubber that's on the ground. And so the track conditions go to shit, but then once the sun goes down, then that's, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> I mean, so like I know about uh, corrected density altitude because of drag <laughs> racing. <laughs> so like, physics, pretty much. And, yeah, and <laughs> like, I know that I've been in like if you want it, like good air is like under five hundred feet above sea level. So even if the track is at sea level, the air density can be below sea level based on the barometric pressure and the temperature, water grains in the air and stuff like that. So I've seen I've seen air uh, like a thousand feet below sea level is what they would compare it to, because the the farther down you go, the more dense the air gets. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, you see stuff like that, and now things are going to get good. That's all because of combustion then, right? That's yeah. like the denser the air, the better the com- combustion. Yeah, the more oxygen that's in it. Yeah. Dense air has more oxygen, 
and it burns better. That's are there it makes more power, and you will have to make adjustments and correct uh, corrections to the car to compensate for that. Wow! So if it's like a really humid day, like the engineer is like, "Oh, what am I gonna do? I gotta." Yeah, so we'll go. We'll uh, if it's really hot, we'll pull a little bit of fuel out of it. The amount of fuel that goes in the engine, we'll pull a little bit out, or you try and go up a little bit bigger with the air to try and get some more air in. Uh, and then if you get to those good conditions, you're adding fuel to the car over what you would normally have in it. So the amount of fuel that actually gets into the engine, you increase because the air is more dense. So it will actually, it'll break stuff. Oh, uh, because it's it'll just lean, so powerful. It, it, it'll lean the engine out uh, because the air fuel ratio has to be correct. So if you get into really good air and you got a hot weather setup in the car, it might not run. It'll run, but it's not going to run good. Yeah. And you might burn something up. Wow. So on pretty much then on any day, like if cars are comparable in their speed, like average, on a good day with a good engineer and a good reaction time, anyone can win technically. Yeah. And there are guys that make their living. Like uh, they got this race in Florida today. There are guys that are there who are just tuning cars and they're tuning 10 cars, 15, 20 cars on the property, and that's their job. They show up with their laptop, because all that stuff's computerized at this point. Yeah. They show up with their laptops. They go to guy number one, look at the setup on the car, make the changes, go to guy number two, look at the setup on the car, make the changes, you know, and that's their whole thing. Yeah. Guys make very good livings doing that. (laughs) That's got to be fun, too, like just the characters you meet doing that, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've met a, met a couple of very interesting people at the track. I could imagine. Yeah. Uh, so it it seemed to me that like drag racing would be money equals win, but that's not necessarily it's, the case. No, you can at be. All. You I've seen underfunded teams do well, and the thing is, there be like financially that there's a lane for everyone, more or less. There's a lane for like a plumber that can just put some money into a car and go race it and have fun. Or I just saw a guy that ran top fuel recently. I just saw for some reason, uh, his house listed for sale in Florida, $37 million for his house. It's got parking for a mega yacht, 25 car garage. (laughs) Like that's that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's some guy with like much less in his setup that can go run with him. If he's smart enough, you know, put the right people together, get the right parts, and just pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, might be able to go out and get around one every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, to me, in my head, when you said drag racing, the car I thought of was that dark car, tiny wheels in the front, giant yep. wheels in the back. Yeah, typical dragster. Now, is that, is a, is that like a top fuel car? Like, All what right. are those cars? So, those are... They're called dragsters. That's what okay. an actual dragster is. All right. Uh, top fuel dragster, 300-inch wheelbase, 10,000 horsepower, uh, just ridiculous amounts of downforce from the wings. You know, they go 330 miles an hour. That's uh, insane. Yeah. And they're getting up to that in like three seconds. 3.6 seconds. Jesus. And 1,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that before, like you were talking, that's like 8 Gs almost. Yeah, 8 I think they might be over eight G's at the at the hit right now. That's like rocket shit. Yeah, it's it's way <laughs> like they accelerate way harder than the space shuttle. Really? Yeah, by a significant amount. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then with dragsters, there are guys that just have regular dragsters with you know a regular racing at a regular big block, small block, and it makes seven, eight hundred horsepower. Uh, you know, two hundred and twenty to two hundred and forty-five inch wheelbase, give or take. Uh, and they just run every weekend. Those are the guys out that are out running the million dollar drag race, right. mostly yeah. the, doing the bracket racing. Yeah. But then they have them for kids too. Really? Yeah, they're called junior dragsters. Uh, you can start when you're five. What? Uh, yeah, they're te- they're technically like half scale, uh, and they've got basically stupid, like very well built lawnmower engines on them. Yeah, is more or less what they are. Um, That's got to be fun as hell for the kids. Yeah, Holy shit. Uh, that there's a ton of money in them now. Really? Uh, oh yeah. There's guys showing up with like two hundred and fifty thousand dollar motorhomes with two junior dragsters in it. <laughs> like you spent a quarter million dollars on a truck and trailer, and then spent twenty grand on each car for your kid. <laughs> yeah. I see. I I don't think I could ever. Have the money to have kids. <laughs> I can't afford kids. That's not, I, can, I can't afford kids, and I have them. <laughs> my kids are not getting junior dragsters. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have one. My kids aren't going to have one. That's just sorry. We'll get a go kart. We'll go play around. And we'll have fun like that. Yeah, but there's, get a weed whacker engine on it. <laughs> yeah, like we're not going to spend twenty grand on a car for you. Yeah. Oh, I, c- I couldn't imagine just like dedicating that much of your life to a kid. I don't. I don't. Uh... It's. <laughs> it's, it's a wild thing to do yeah it's gotta i mean for the kid that's gotta be like the most incredible experience oh yeah it was like riding my bike felt great as a kid could yeah, you imagine awesome. <laughs> going down the tr- how how old were you when you did your first race 17 all right so like yeah. you had your license yeah i got a, and... i had an actual license yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah these kids are five and they're going, the five-year-olds are going like 35, 40 miles yeah, an hour. They run eighth mile. Yeah. Uh, the bigger kids are going, I think they're capped at 80. All right. So they run the eighth mile in like 7.9 seconds at right around 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, still which though, is like, still like a lot of people's Camaros don't run that. Yeah. You know? It's cool. That is very cool. So like what's what are stock cars doing it on like an eighth or a quarter mile? Let's say like a stock racing car, like a Camaro. So like a new Camaro or a new Mustang GT will probably go they'll go high twelves if you can get it if you can get it to hook up, if you can get traction. And that's on a quarter? Yeah, that's a quarter mile. All right. Um and then from there, you know, shit just yeah. goes Yeah. Shit gets chaotic. Yeah. Buy a set of tires. Now you got a good set of tires on the car, but you broke and actually, you broke a drive shaft or something. Now you upgrade that, but now I upgraded that, so now I might as well make more power because I'm not going to break that again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's a it's a snowball effect. Yeah, it's wild. I I love I love getting into minutia of things like uh, like for me as like a, a hockey goalie, one of the things is weight of your pads, and there's yeah. all this technology of like. Oh, this is a stronger, stiffer core, but it's an eighth of an ounce lighter, and it's like, oh, I need that an eighth of an ounce. You kidding me? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, we actually just added a bunch of weight back into my father's car to make it safer. Uh, it's got some extra bars in it now. Yeah, tighten things up in ca- in case of an accident. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's so like in the safety aspect of it, so much goes into you. I don't know how to say it. Just like not only protecting the driver, but also like protecting the crowd 
and like the outside switch I, I found was yeah. a thing. There was a car fire. Yeah, and so the the safety crew can run up and kill the power because the the way that a lot of the fuel pumps run uh, are they're electronic. Yeah. So if you kill the power, you stop the fuel from pumping. All right. It's very helpful yeah. in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen some nasty, nasty fires. Yeah. That's well, like, that's worst case scenario. Well, that fuel is pretty much jet fuel. That's, so there's three different kinds of fuel. You're going to run uh, high octane leaded race fuel, more or less, um, which goes up to like 116, 118 octane. So that's above what you can get at like a normal gas station. Yeah. Right? Pump gas is 94. 94. 94. Uh, so you're looking at like, you're going to spend about for, a good can of 116 is going to run you 90 to to $100 for five gallons. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also, it's it's super clean. It's... Oh, yeah. It allows you to run uh, a lot of compression, the compression ratio on the engine uh, without detonating. And then you can run boost, like, turbos, superchargers. You can run a lot of nitrous oxide when you have good fuel like that. Yeah. You know, if you t- have a car that's on 110, you can run... 10 pounds of boost for your combination, give or take. Just spitball on numbers. But then if you put 116 in it, you can adjust the timing and run 25 pounds of boost. And the boost is what's coming off the turbo, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Which is like, Those just, are just very, very generic numbers. Yeah. But that's just to give you an idea of what it would allow. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's methanol, which is an alcohol-based fuel. Uh, that's like the next step up. Uh, basically, what you want is you want fuel to be at that point, the methanol is more dense. You can throw more of it into the car, and the more fuel you can put in the car without it causing a detonation problem, the more power you can make. So you can dump a bunch more fuel in it. Yeah, but you then, also have to dump more oxygen in in order yeah, to yeah. to compensate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's nitromethane, which is top fuel stuff, which is fuel that you can't burn. That just sounds so fucking deadly, nitromethane. Yeah. That's what the dude used to the Oklahoma City bomber. Actually, that's really? yeah, he had drums of that. Oh my god. Yeah. Um so that you cannot if you put a match to it, it won't light. But if you smack it with a hammer, like pour a puddle on the ground, smack it with a hammer, it'll blow the hammer up. Really? Yeah. That's how does that work? Uh just the the burn rate and the combustibility of it. It, you have to compress it in order in for o- it to. Ignite. It, you have to compress it and then hit it with the spark to ignite it. So it's like a, it's almost like a, a rubber substance where it's, when it's compressed, that's when it's most explosive. Yes, yeah, it gets very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and then you know, back in the '60s, they played with hydrazine, which uh, that just blows stuff up and gives you cancer. Oh. But it makes <laughs> tremendous amounts of horsepower. Well, then isn't it worth it? <laughs> yeah, I think you're federally not allowed to have it anymore. <laughs> uh, that's, I, the regulation, that that's all, I, I think, really good. But I feel like there also should be just a place where it's controlled, but you're just trying to create the fastest thing possible. Is there, like, a, not an underground, but, like, some kind of team just trying to make a not even a car at that point just like something that can go as fast as possible not anymore 
No, but there used there's, to there's, be. Yeah, there's nowhere. So the overall, actually, I wrote this down for this because right, the yeah. numbers are, are ridiculous. Um, but the actual all-time quarter-mile record, so not 1,000 feet, quarter-mile, yeah, uh, is 3.58 seconds at 386 miles an hour. So that's... You were saying that's pretty much the eighth mile record. That's the it's now almost. It's the thousand foot record. Thousand foot record. Yeah, uh, the thousand foot record is three sixty two. The quarter mile record, overall no regulations, is three fifty eight. Uh, and that was done in Australia with a rocket car. Uh, yeah, that did not have a combustion engine. <laughs> uh, that was a hydrogen peroxide rocket. Hydrogen peroxide, yeah. really? I I know that hydrogen peroxide burns, but I wouldn't think yeah, of it as... Yeah, in its purest form, it's super explosive. Really? Yeah, like you need there, you need so many parts. Like it's impossible to get now. That's why they did it in Australia. I think that was like 20 years, at least 20 years ago that really? that happened. <laughs> yeah. So they were banned in the United States because of there was no room to run them, more yeah. or less. Uh also, fun fact, once you light them, you can't shut them off. It they just needs they to burn run out. until they burn out of fuel. Jesus. So if you miscalculate that, it's going to keep going until it runs out of fuel. Is that just like a, a characteristic of hydrogen peroxide? There is no That's way to the, extinguish? The hydrogen peroxide rocket is once you light it, there is no off button on it. <laughs> you can't shut the fuel off. There's nothing. Yeah. It's it's wild. Uh that's got to be so much fun. Like the, I mean, I doubt they had like a Christmas tree in that race, but like, oh, they did. When, really? Yeah, yeah. They ran it like on a track. Oh yeah, uh, oh, they God. did it in Australia actually. See, to me, like that just sounds like outlaw shit out on the salt flats. Like. Yeah, like you need to be somewhere in the desert just doing that <laughs> because you don't need any real sort of traction. Yeah, because it's not wheel driven. Oh yeah, it's thrust. It's thrust driven. So at that point, the wheels are just there to hopefully keep you in a straight line, <laughs> yeah. more or less. Yeah. Um, now, is is a uh, mention like being in a straight line? Like the video you sent me, where you like controlled that car because I mean, obviously the force of it is just yeah, it's trying not to go straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So is there like a different type of steering system? Is there a specific drag racing? So there are. Yeah, when you get up in the in the levels. There are the ratio of the steering boxes can change. Um, so in the the late '60s, early '70s, uh, well, in the beginning, in beginning times, <laughs> uh, top fuel dragsters were front engine. All right. The, so- the engine wasn't behind you; it was in front of you, and then you sat behind the engine and transmission, uh, and the rear wheels would be like right here. All right. So you would be in the car, and the rear wheels would be about level with your elbows uh you're sitting over the rear differential like your legs are over it yeah over the axle tubes (laughs) transmissions in your nuts oh jesus christ yeah no thank you (laughs) and they were using uh mostly factory parts at that time yeah making a couple thousand horsepower back then um and they just got dangerous they were blowing apart a guy by the name of don garlitz lost half of his foot he had a transmission explosion i believe it was and the parts just came out cut half his foot off uh and people had been trying to build a rear engine car before that and they kept crashing 
because when so the big difference there then is pushing versus pulling, right? More or less, yeah. So when you're in a, a, a front engine car, it's pulling you. So you don't have to worry about the traction on the back tires as much. Well, it's still, it was, all that was still a very big issue. Um, but they were easier to drive, the front engine cars. Oh, because, the rear engine cars were crashing yeah. very consistently. Nobody could figure out how to make it work. Uh, and while he was in the hospital with his foot issue, um, he realized the steering ratio was just too fast on all the rear engine cars. And that's why everybody crashed them. Cause as soon as you turn the steering wheel a little bit, you're on the wall. Yeah. So he built one with a slower steering rack and then transformed the whole sport more or less. Wow. That, so like, again, it's a, the case of injuries driving. Yes. You know, the technology. Yeah. I, it kind of sucks it's got to go that way. But. Yeah, you know, you lost half a foot, but we, you figured it out for everybody else. You saved a bunch of people's lives. Yeah. So so it's almost worth it. Thank you for your half a foot. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, there are still front-engine cars out there now. Is that a specific category yeah, also? Yeah, they run, the like, the nostalgia events, right. stuff like that. Uh, my brother actually had one for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he only drove it a couple times. It's in Utah now. Yeah. Um, now, so one do cars kind of get passed around a lot? Like, is there like yeah. a yeah, yeah, there's like a trading scene kind of. Yeah, there, there definitely is. Uh, my brother's very big into that. He's on eight or nine different race cars. He's got two right now. <laughs> like, he just picked another one up the other day. He traded like a street car that he had for another race car. Um, he's got a like he built a car that's in Switzerland now. Wow. Yeah, he had a car that he bought from Michigan, came here, had it for a little while, redid it, and it's in Utah now. That's cool. Yeah. Is there like a... <laughs> you know, you ever see those dollar bills where it's like, a, yeah, uh, track this online? Yeah. Like, do, do you like people like keep in contact? Or yeah, like... there's like a lot of people are very big into the history of where your car came from, who built it, where it went, what it's done, you know. That, that's uh, there, so rad. Yeah, there's like online databases <laughs> and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Like uh so my the blue car that my brother has uh was built in Virginia in the late eighties, early nineties. Like we knew the car from the time we were children. Uh and then it got bounced around a little bit, wound up in Maryland, uh he bought it, redid it, he's got it now. My father's car, the beige car, was a friend of his car. Uh, from when he was a kid, just a regular car. And he turned it into a race car when I was like 10. Uh, and he's had it since then. Yeah. At that point, it's almost, it's almost the parts have to have been turned over. It's almost like oh, yeah. not even that car anymore, the, but it's still like the frame. Just at this point in time, it's the roof and the doors <laughs> are from that car. Like in like the front fire. But ba the, the main body shell is that car. Yeah. But the chassis is different. The suspension is different. It's had 10, 15 motors in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's almost time. it's almost like a person growing up, you know, yeah. going through all the different life experiences. It's still the same person, but it's kind of a different person. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a, a very different person <laughs> yeah. at this point in its life. Yeah. You know. That's Where do you see the, the sport going? I mean, can... Is there going to be a constant progression? Or do you think that cars kind of eventually will... Like, there will be a perfect dragster. 
so that is they can always be better. Yeah. In theory. All right. In theory. Uh the problem they're running into now is it costs so much money to run those top level cars, the top fuel cars. They're getting sponsorships. Uh and then like COVID shut down a lot of the big events. They normally have like twenty three national events. They only ran like eighteen last year. Um so now your sponsors that paid you for that exposure aren't getting the exposure they paid you for. Uh so that's that's caused a pretty big problem. Yeah. So then uh, them putting money into you is not a worthwhile. Yeah. So the top level is kind of in turmoil right now. But like grassroots stuff, like just guys going racing, is actually doing pretty good yeah. right now. You know. Yeah. There's I... a, all that that like outlaw. Uh, so like pro modified is a class uh, that runs all over the world. Uh, basically cars with doors that kind of look like the car that they once were uh that make you know a ton of power they go 560s 570s in the quarter mile at like 230 240 miles an hour um that's huge right now worldwide yeah um so that's lower level but still very serious racing and it's growing while the stuff at the top is kind of declining yeah you know that's cool. So it's getting it's becoming more of a a personal. It's coming back thing. to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think I didn't know how like you're saying like it's it's like a family thing for you. Yeah. Like I would I would have not never thought of that, but I wouldn't have known that if you didn't tell me that. That it's yeah. like a very grassroots about the people like especially when you go to one of these things it's almost like a music festival where like there's yeah. a sense of community and oh yeah you know we're i i have you know we've loaned parts to the guy that we were gonna race <laughs> like help them work on their car yeah you know uh i had to race a guy in a final round a couple of years ago and he hurt his car in the in the round before and I gave him the time to... I didn't have to. I could have went up, made a solo run, won the race just by myself. But I'll wait for you. Yeah. I don't want to win like that. Yeah. And most people are like that, where they will just sit and wait. If we get up to the to the start line and your car won't start, I'm not the one that's going to put you on a timer the track is because they got to get through the program. Yeah. I'll yeah. sit here for an hour. I'll back the car off and go put it back over there and let you figure it out. You know, get it together. But if the track wants to run... Yeah, then we're gonna yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. The organization too on those tracks is is impressive, because like the the one time the one thing that I do remember about going to the track and was everything, like all the steps were controlled, like from registering to lining up to like we weren't like picking who we were going against yeah. or anything like that, but like everything was so. It was just a smooth flow. It was almost as if we drove in and then went around the snake and then we're at the the line. Yep. I think I remember getting out somewhere in the snake point and getting into somebody yeah. else's car. <laughs> yeah, probably in the staging lanes, which is where everybody lines up before you actually go out. Yeah. Uh yeah, but, but everything's everything's controlled. At a good race, everything's on a schedule. Yeah. You know, I've been to tracks where like they take an hour lunch break in the middle of the day. <laughs> and we're all sitting like, what are we doing here? Saying <laughs> it out. Yeah, like, all right, it's 100 degrees. I understand. Wouldn't you rather get through the day? Yeah, like, yeah. You're going to go sit in, you know, sit in air conditioning for an hour and eat lunch 
while we all sit in our trailers? Like, <laughs> can we get this over with? Yeah. You know, I've definitely been at the track on days and been like, I don't want to be here. I like you get there and you're like, this is a terrible idea. It's South Carolina in July. <laughs> it's 106, 95% humidity. Like, I just want it to get dark or I want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know people that have lost first round on purpose just to be like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yellow, green. All right, now let off the yeah. clutch. <laughs> yeah. Or they just leave as soon as they, like, because so if you leave early, you lose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's called the, the red light comes on. You red light, you lose. Yeah. So if you leave early, you go home early. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. lost. And like, if you go, if you red light by like a thousandth or three thousandths of a second, like that, that ends your day. Oh man! You left three thousandths too early. And so early would be before green, right? Yeah. So then that that timing of yeah, yellow. Yeah, you saw clutch. yellow and you reacted too quickly. <laughs> yeah. So before the LED bulbs, when they were regular incandescent bulbs, you if you were good enough. You could watch the phases of the light coming on as it like powered on and then dimmed, especially on the, the bracket racing when they go the three lights in a row where it goes ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You could watch them come go on and come off and go on and come off and go. And then when it started to come on, you could leave. Uh, so you would, it's almost like if you had good eyesight, you know before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I never would have thought there was so much physicality and I, I don't know what the not sportsmanship but uh i can't think of the word but like just being a, a person and an athlete in it yeah i mean you know you can be very out of shape and do it it's yeah. like mental athleticism yeah yeah almost yeah you know up until a certain point like if you're driving something that's actually very fast you got to be in shape yeah because it'll it'll take your breath away when you leave and then God, you're yeah. just gonna pass Eight out keys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is there, you know, like when you're in a, a jet, I'm not sure what G's those are, but they have the hook breathing, the <gasps> Do you have to breathe different with that kind of force? I've never experienced it. Yeah. I would imagine that you have to. Yeah. Like, and you have to make sure that, I don't even, are you exhaling before you leave? Because it's only <laughs> well, going to be three, three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you inhale, you take a breath so that your lungs are full and you got oxygen. Yeah. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't know the first thing. If they started that car and I was in it, I would be like, fuck this, dude. I, I didn't get ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in theory, you're supposed to work your way up yeah. to that. You start out in slower cars and slower classes and work your way up. Yeah. Uh, there are people that just get in them, uh, have too much money, yeah, or their yeah, dad has too much yeah. money. You know, And they typically, you know, I've seen people not do well at all, like on a national stage. And then just have to step back down. Yeah. Because they couldn't do it. Yeah. Because, again, it's a 10,000 hours. I feel like if you don't have the passion, if you just have the money. Yeah. That's not going to work out for you. Yeah. Really, like, it's almost everything where, yeah, you can buy your way into something. Yeah. But in order to be good at it, you need you need passion. Yeah. And you need some sort of skill. Yeah. If you're not born with it, you have to be willing to work to have the skill. Yeah. You know? I'm not, and it's, like you said, seat time. Yeah. The more runs you get in a car, the better you're going to be in it. The more comfortable you're going to be in it. That's why my father doesn't need the shift lighter. He knows that's his car. He's had it for 25 years. Yeah. You know? 
You can do it in his sleep. Yeah. That, yeah. He just knows. He could not do it for two years, get back in it, and it's just muscle yeah. memory. Everything works. Yeah. I get in it and I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. belts are tied. Okay. All right. Okay. Now we can go. <laughs> Take my personal inventory. Don't fuck this up. Don't break anything. You know, and then typically I break shit. <laughs> would you would you recommend that everybody at some point at least go to a drag race, if yeah. not, yeah, you know, I mean, it's drag the, race themselves. Yeah, it's easy enough to do it yourself. That like I don't know if everyone should do it. Yeah, like some people just shouldn't. <laughs> some people just shouldn't drive. But yeah, it's a cool thing to do. It's a good thing if you know if you got kids or you want to just go hang out and drink beer and one night. It's a cool yeah. thing to do. Yeah, I'd recommend it. All right. Uh, I I want to plug your podcast, yes. Better Off Drunk. Yes. You and Mike Loro. Thank you. Thank I you. I love I love the idea. Just comedians playing drinking games. Yeah, we're having fun with it. We're a couple yeah. episodes, <laughs> as you would expect. Uh, yeah. we're a couple episodes in. You can yeah. find us on YouTube, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, there's a visual element, so it's probably better on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're it, having fun. Yeah, it's a great idea. I love it. Uh. Anything else you want to plug you got going on? That's I got nothing going on, <laughs> yeah. man. You know. Yeah. Uh, no. I thank you for doing this. No, you thank know. you for coming out. Again, I appreciate it. I love hearing something that people are passionate about. Yeah. That's really why I'm doing it. Uh, it's a tremendous idea. I yeah. love it. Oh, I thank love you. It. Thank you. Again, go check them out. Uh, oh, I'm going to look into the camera for there it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Better Off Drunk on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. I'll plug the links. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for coming yeah. out. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Play us out, Tim. Tim's kind of dumb. Let's help him get smart. It's time to teach Tim stuff. <laughs>